Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host here at Locked On Red Wings, Scotty Bentley. Love that man. Absolutely love him. It's good. We're here, baby. We ball. We ball. Also host at Lockdown Tigers, so make sure you check him out there as he's had a very eventful week. Uh, yeah, no eventful kidding. week about to get really not eventful. That's for the what I was next about to say. <laughs> <laughs> so eventful yeah. week leading into an eventful, like uneventful two months straight. Yeah, it's gonna be those two sides hate each other, man. Also, the, the, press, the, the press releases from both sides were brutal. They the, both just absolutely destroyed the other person. The level of pettiness from both sides is crazy. Like the MLB immediately oh, yeah. removing the f- profile pictures of all the players from their website and app. Like that's not necessary. And then one of the pettiest things I've ever seen in sports. And then the real. players responding with going on Twitter and like giving themselves that black silhouette, like uh, profile picture. profile picture that they're using on MLB being like, well, I guess I don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I get that's the type of content that's going to get you through this lockout, Scotty. That you're damn right. I already made my profile picture of the silhouette. I saw so. that last night and I was like, what the hell is this? What is he doing? Yep. Yeah, not the best look for the MLB. Honestly, I feel like the MLB is definitely going to become the bad guy in this situation. Yeah, they already are. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only going to get worse. Yeah, I, like I, admittedly, I am incredibly uh, like pro player in those kind of issues. So like if historically like if you're not and and you sign with the with the owners more like you're just gonna always think that about me but like in this case even more so than than usual in my opinion yeah i i think if you side with the owners you're an income poop i'm gonna say you're an income poop i i i I mean i agree (laughs) because there's no such thing as a small market in baseball every single owner is a billionaire and there's no reason why you know professional level baseball players minor league or otherwise have to like barely survive on scraps of food and all sleep together on the same apartment floor. But that's a different, uh, that's a different topic. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like the Royals took a big step. They, they have minor league housing and they're yeah. like, they're like a big and the Dodgers are very widely known for treating their minor leaguers incredibly. So there's, there's steps being made, but you know, two teams out of 30 ain't exactly uh a poster child for success either. Yeah. So I got to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Scotty and I will be announcing the winner of the Lucas Raymond autograph puck giveaway at the end of this episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned because it's happening, baby. It's happening. It is. I got I got it right here next to me. I got the winner's name right here next to me. The lucky fellow. Uh, the lucky fellow. But before we get to that, like we said, we're going to put announce that at the end. Uh, we want to talk about this situation going on in Boston, who the Red Wings just beat the other day, um, fortunately. <laughs> the uh, Jake DeBrusque, the left winger who's on an expiring deal, an RFA, only age 25, has requested a trade. And 
he had a really good year two years ago, which netted him this nice contract uh, that he's making now, which is $3.675 million a season. That's his average salary. Um, he is an RFA at the end of this season. I feel like this, as an underperforming, expiring contract of an RFA, has Steve Eisman written all over it, considering how thin the depth gets once you get to lines three and four on this Detroit Red Wings team. I I absolutely love this idea. I uh, When we started talking about it before we got on air here, um, I, I, I have... I, I love this idea. It, like you said, it's an expiring deal of an RFA, um, and like he he said he wanted out. <laughs> yeah, right, right there. Like if if you it, the price for a return of an expiring deal of a dude that publicly asked out is not going to be very high. This is not going to cost too terribly much at all because. The Boston has zero leverage, so I, I am, I'm all for it, man. I think it would give us great depth. Um, he's only 25 still. Yeah. I mean, like there, this would be, this would be an incredible get, and I don't think you'd have to pay too much to get it. So he's a left winger, and you're looking at your your forward depth right now at left wing. Um, obviously, you got Robbie Fabry, you got Raymond who can play left or right, but has been playing uh, mostly on the right side so far this season, I believe. Uh, him and Bertuzzi can switch sides. You do have Zadina who can play left wing. You got Nemesnikov who can play left wing and center. Uh, so you got, it's it's not a matter of bodies. There are plenty of bodies that can fill on this roster in a position, but it's about the quality of the bodies that you have. Because right now you're calling up players from AHL because you Tyler Bertuzzi is unfortunately out with COVID. Uh, because Mitchell Stevens, who's one of your centers, is hurt right now. Uh, Joe Valeno is hurt right now, day to day, and we don't know when he's going to return. So you had to call up Chris Kulo, who they just sent back down, but it's it's becoming very apparent you're very thin depth. Once you get past lines one and lines two, your lines three and four are honestly not very good. So I think a guy like Jake DeBrusque could really benefit the Detroit Red Wings long term, and I think you can get him for cheap because Steve Eisman loves reclamation project, uh, projects. Robbie Fabry was one of those guys. Robbie Fabry's earned himself a nice little contract with the Detroit Red Wings as they think he has provided a nice spark to the lineup. He's a nice second-line forward. I think Jake DeBrus can do the same thing, and he's clearly capable of putting up a lot of points as that's how he got this high salary of 3.675 despite being an RFA because he had a 27-goal season in 2018-19. Now, since then, his production has declined, which has led to this uh, trade request because apparently they've cited like his production has declined because he felt the coaching staff didn't trust him, which led to less minutes, blah, 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 blah. Change of scenery is needed. Like you said, Bruins have no leverage. He's an expiring contract and Red Wings love picking up RFA so they can just immediately sign. I, I think it just has Steve Eisenman written all over it. I do too. And again, like, at, you know, broken record, but it, it wouldn't cost that much. Like this, this would, this would not take a, a, a big name prospect or someone that everybody's like super looking forward to it, it you know it wouldn't cost nothing but I, I don't think that this would be a situation where no matter what we give up uh i mean we all believe in steve anyway like I, I don't i don't think this would be a situation where the the player that we'd have to or players whatever the package is that we'd have to give up we'd be like you know oh no like that's way this is this is and we we've talked about it a billion times on the show too how important that depth is because 
the top line has been phenomenal. And whether it's, you know, like the COVID protocol thing with Burt right now or injuries, we, we've had our, our share of injury problems. And um, if, uh, if if we can get some, some depth in there of a, of a player who in the past has put up really, really solid seasons, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I really like this idea a lot. Yeah, the problem then becomes who do you send down because you have so many bodies already, but I feel like that's not really... Because earlier in the season, we did talk about the Joe Valeno situation, how we feel like Joe Valeno's ready on the NHL roster. He is waiver-exempt right now. So he immediately becomes the odd man out again, which we want to try to avoid. But there are just... With Verona still not going to be out... Verona's still going to be out until after uh, the Olympic break, probably. Mitchell Stevens is going to be out until after the Olympic break. I mean, there's now spots on this roster. You really don't have to worry about that as much. If you can avoid calling up a guy like Chris Coolio, I think it's just going to benefit you in the long run for a guy who's trying to get a change of scenery, a guy who wants more minutes. You know, in his successful years, he was getting 16 minutes a night. We can give him that here in Detroit. I don't have a problem getting especially with how poorly Zadina has been playing. Like, yeah, give it to the player who wants it. Comfortably, and, and, and especially with how much Blaschel mixes and matches lines and stuff. I mean, he'll, he'll go into the night on the third line and then be playing with, you know, Larkin and Fabry somehow in the second period. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's, there's plenty of, of, uh, of opportunity for him here. And, and again, wouldn't cost too terribly much. I really have fallen in love with the idea in the last thirty minutes. Yeah, and the, the other thing too is, you know, me, me being a possession stats guy, you know, loving that Corsi statistic. <laughs> he's above fifty on all of those. So in every single season, and especially his most dominant seasons, he's been damn near by damn near close to sixty percent. Even when he's having a down year, statistically, uh, statistics speaking, point-wise, he's been a positive factor on the ice, possession-wise. So I think that's important to realize at, at, if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan looking for another piece to help you gather more possession as the game goes on. Because I mean, that's what helps when you games is if you have the puck. You can't win the hockey game if you don't have the dang puck. So especially in the in the lower lines, too, that's so important. You know what I mean? Like we we have faith in our top six, I'd say at this point. But um, I mean, we saw in, in Seattle just two nights ago how how much the, the possession can just derail a whole period. I mean, just, you know, have it having some even if he's not going out there and, and putting the puck in the back of the net a ton, if you know, you, you play solid bottom six minutes and and get yourself some playing time get your confidence up and and control the puck i'm, I'm gonna be pretty happy and and we have like we, we've talked about this a lot in the last offseason we have so much cap room like that you know what i mean like bringing on his salary is is nothing that 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 is that like not even that doesn't even put a dent in our in our cap situation so not like it's it's not that's not even a consideration either i'd I wouldn't mind it at all. I really wouldn't. And without he's playing, he wouldn't be really offered that much of a raise if he got one at all because he hasn't had yeah. that great of a season the last two years unless he had like a complete revitalization with the team. I guess the last question I have for you on the situation is what would be the maximum you would give the Boston Bruins for Jake DeBrusque right now? Um, Jeez. The max I would give, uh, I, the highest I'd go is, 
Jeez, man. I don't I don't know. I'd I'd give you like a I'd lob you like a like a fifth. Yeah. Fourth. So I'm looking at it like would I would I cap at four or five? That's probably my debate. I would probably cap it at fourth. I know Nadelkovic, you know, netted you a, a third, but he was a Calder Trophy finalist. So I would imagine a guy like DeBrusque would probably get less than that, especially because he's the one who's initiating the trade, not Nadelkovic. The Carolina Hurricanes are just like, I don't want him. Right. DeBrusque <laughs> is like, I don't want you. <laughs> so right. I think you could. Yeah, I definitely I, wouldn't. Third is not happening. Yeah, yeah no. no, I would cap that at fourth. Fifth is where I'd be most comfortable. And I, I do try and I know a lot of people would hear that and be like, oh, that's just the Red Wings side of you. What do the Bruins want? I don't think the Bruins have any leverage in this situation. I think fourth is the best best case scenario for Boston. For they don't have teams. any leverage, and they'll take what they can get. Yeah. Like he's not like the reason he's upset is because he's not playing. What they're <laughs> they're gonna get a they're gonna get a fifth round pick for a dude that's that's playing single digit minutes a night. Congratulations, that's a win for them too. In all honesty, well, if you're a Boston Bruins fan, which if you're listening to this, I'll be surprised uh, because it's locked on Red Wings. But the the thing you can look at in your favor is you're literally getting. Uh, something back for a player that has an expiring contract and doesn't even want to play for you. Like, he'd probably refuse to sign with you when offseason comes. So getting anything back for Jake DeBrusque at this point is a positive because he just doesn't exactly. want to stay with you. And plus, Boston doesn't have the best cap situation, so getting that $3.6 million off your books would help sign, re-sign Tuka Rask whenever he's healthy. So that's just my argument, you know? I think that he'd be... It's got Steve Eisenman Reclamation Project all written all over it. Yeah, I completely agree. Not not a uh, a very small price to pay for some much needed. Uh, we have a lot of bodies in the forward position, but some much needed improvement within our forward depth. Yeah, and so it, it's just something to consider. I think it'd be interesting adding him to the forward core, especially when we how thin the depth has been the last few games with all the injuries the Red Wings have sustained. Um, but. When we come back, we're going to talk about the New York Islanders and preview that matchup for you guys as that game is on Saturday at Little Caesars Arena. Um, but first, got to talk to you guys about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phones so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you be? Scotty, how powerful are you going to become? It's so powerful. <laughs> Scotty's going to be lifting buildings with all that 5G. <laughs> Switch to Boost Mobile and find out Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. He's still cracking up on the other side of the camera. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer coverage is not available everywhere for uh, all phones, networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. There's an old man sitting next to me. Make love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> All right, Scotty, it's time to look ahead to the next game for the Detroit Red Wings as they, on Saturday at Little Caesars Arena, take on the down bad New York Islanders. Um, now, if you're the Detroit Red Wings, 
you want to be careful because currently as we record this, just full disclaimer, they are playing the San Jose Sharks. That game did not get postponed. Tied 1-1. But if they lose this game against the Sharks, by the time you're listening to this, we'll know the result. But if they lose this game, that'll be nine straight losses for the New York Islanders, which will they're eighth in the Metro Division. And right now they are 5-10-2, which will make them 5-11-2 or 5-10-3, depending on how they get the loss. They're a down bad team. You're coming off a couple days rest. You've got a four-game win streak. This is a team you absolutely cannot drop a game to. You do not want to give the Islanders confidence because they are a good team. Like they, they've the last few years, they've been making runs in the playoffs. So I don't know where this horrible, well, the horrible start started with that long road trip to start the season and the new home as well, which I'm sure played huge factors. But you cannot drop a game at home when you're on a good winning streak. They're on a good, they're on a bad losing streak, and they have a game the night, uh, two nights before. Like you, you got the rust, you got the momentum. You cannot drop this game to the New York Islanders. Absolutely. Playoff teams win this game 10 times out of 10. The uh, net is in net, Probably. right? Like you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to have Ned back. Uh, I, there's, if this is a game that, that competitive teams win. And, and like you said, this is not a, a, the, the complete gimme game that it might seem to be. Cause the Islanders do have like a decent roster. This isn't a, this this team should shouldn't is a is a tough word to say in uh in, when like analyzing sports like that but I, this roster is much better than their record portrays them as i mean this is this is not that bad of a team uh but again between the what 13 games to start off the season on the road uh and then now a, another slide like this is a game you you have to win. This is absolutely a game that you have to win. But it's it's certainly not you know the Coyotes. This is this is certainly not a a team that you look at and you're like oh well we're just going to crush them and there's no analysis and there's all there is to it. This is this is not that bad of a team even though it looks like they are. Yeah, and the crazy thing too is they literally have three players or four players that have a plus minus above zero. And I know we don't use plus minus as an individual stat, but when you look at it as a team stat, the fact that only four players are above zero with plus minus speaks to how poorly that team is playing everywhere on the ice. It's just, it hasn't been pretty. I mean, their their best goal scorer is Brock Nelson. He's got 11 points in 15 games, followed by Matt Barzell. He's got only eight eight points in 17 games. He's just not, they're not just not producing goals. And then the goaltending category it's been, oh, I feel so bad for Sorkin because Sorkin has been playing out of his mind for this team since the season started. He's got a save percentage of 928, Scotty, better than Nadelkovich. But the team has lost eight straight games, maybe nine, depending on the result of the San Jose Sharks game that's happening on Thursday night. Like, some of these goalies that's you just brutal. feel bad over. <laughs> that's brutal. And, like, I, I mean, like, we're going to head in there. What, what what if he's not even in net for our game? Like, even more, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, man. I, he's got to be because if, uh, Varlamov has been horrible. Save percentage of 881. Goals Jeez. against average, the average goals he gives up a game is three and a half. Oh, bro. Oh, jeez. That's a full goal, full goal more yeah, expected than Sorkin in net. Like, it's a, uh, coming off a day rest, they need to put Sorkin in net. You know, despite this game on Thursday, 
that they're playing against the Sharks. And like, what I'm saying is like they're bad right now. They're they've been good the last few years, but right now they're playing horrible hockey. You got to capitalize on that, especially if you're a team like you said, Scotty. Playoff teams win this game ten out of ten, and when you have when you're dominating rookie can, uh, categories like the Detroit Red Wings are, goals, points, assists, save percentage, goals against average, every every rookie category, the Detroit Red Wings have a rookie dominating. You know, you got to keep building on that. Like, this is a game, like you said, that 10 out of 10 playoff teams or playoff teams win 10 out of 10 times. Like, this is an at that you have to win this game to keep the momentum going. You cannot let them stifle you at four games when they're playing so bad of late. Absolutely. And, and especially just like where we are in the season. Like, you just come off of a big win against Boston, who, who you're right ahead of in the division. Like, this is just this is just such a big game if you want to actually mess around and try and compete this year. It's it's as close to uh, I I hate honestly I I hate when people are like oh this is a must win because like in my eyes every game's a must win but this this game has significant importance to the outlook of the entire season going forward as as wild as that sounds. Yeah, because you lost to Arizona in Arizona, bad team. You've dropped two games. To Montreal, you've beaten Buffalo twice, but it's taken overtime both times. Like you cannot continue to play down to bad opponents. You have to begin. Good teams beat good teams, and they dominate the bad ones. And right now, the Islanders are one of the bad ones. And you have to learn to dominate those teams. You can't play down consistency. Yes, we we preach consistency. Consistency. Um, Also, you mentioned the Boston Bruins not being a good win, and then they came back the next day. The very next day, flew back home with their backup goaltender or not, I'm going to say it, backup goaltender, and ex- exerted cephalopod dominance over the Kraken. <laughs> so, I mean, they played a back-to-back. Granted, they're going to have a couple days rest, but, like, they're playing good hockey right now, and good teams will dominate games like this. It's just a, it's a must. It is, absolutely. And, I'm, and I, hope, I hope Ned's in that, too. That'll obviously help quite a bit. Um but I mean, honestly, regardless, if Grice, if Grice goes out there and Grice is the goalie on Saturday, you, that's still my my opinion of the game does not waver. You still need to win it. Well, we still don't know what's going on with the Bertuzzi situation either. Like whether or not yeah, he actually tested positive, or if he was just through contact tracing pulled out. It could have been like a Larkin situation, false positive. So if Bertuzzi is allowed to return, that would be a huge up. Even though he hasn't scored a goal in ten games, I mean that it. it the chemistry cannot be spoken enough about. And plus, the like we talked about yesterday, when one player is missing, everyone moves up and is suddenly in over their head positionally. Putting him back on the top line to move everyone back down, you know, push them back down a line would be huge. Yeah. So that, those, that chemistry, the, the bottom nine as well. Yeah, the, and we, we preach depth all the time too. I mean, that would instantly, one player makes your team infinitely deeper i mean there, there's there's a lot of factors going around but the the fact of the matter is even e, i mean straight up e, even if bert's gone with the injuries that we already know of and grice is in that that this is still a game you absolutely have to or, or should win if you want to be competitive yeah so i mean that's that's the story guys that's what you got to follow is if the detroit red wings are going to be able to not just beat, but dominate dominate a down-bad New York Islanders team. And that's what you got to look for. Um, you know what else you got to look for is betonline.ag on your app store. 
because BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season and hockey season continue to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, not baseball right now, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. The holiday season is here. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. That is, of course, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. With so many flavors, you'll have such a hard time choosing between them all. Will you have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? That one sounds amazing. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in line in endless lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. So make sure you guys go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice, and your dead seems to be what uh, he is mouthing. All right, segment three here, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, it's Friday, so we decided, hey, why don't we do a How Do You Feel About It Friday? We don't do nearly enough of those because the Red Wings have been giving us such good content, both because of either A, bad hockey stretches, or B, great hockey stretches that we've had a full slate every single day for the past few weeks. And, Scotty, I actually have a pretty good one to lead things off. I've been thinking about it uh, based on our conversation last night. So I want to ask you, how do you feel about my Spotify raps now that it is out there? I I feel dumbfounded. <laughs> I, I feel uh, it, it was uh, it was a roller coaster of emotions when it when it popped up on my on my uh, on, on the bird app. Yeah, it was like what top five to one was classical rock, contemporary country, alternative metal. Uh, what was the other one? Was it al- alternative rock? I only remember number one, brother. And I'm the number one, the number one genre was anime. It was. And- no, I mean, I I'll, I'll never disrespect <laughs> another person for their music taste. Um, it's okay. I'll let but- you talk, but I have I have to defend myself. I like I, I like straight up. I I will never, I will never slander a genre of music. Like music is like a beautiful subjective thing, and everybody has that are like I will never ever be the person to be like oh like that's like you know bad or whatever. Um, I'll never say any genre of music's bad. I will use the word weird though, and I don't <laughs> even. I I guess the biggest thing is I don't even know. I didn't know that genre existed until last night and i don't know what it would sound like it sounds like pretty much every japanese song that has ever existed or come out of japan because that's how they like generalized it all so okay the, the so reason Spotify why being super broad yeah like your subgenres on your 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 playlists were like all these different very subgenres of yeah. rap mine was right. just anime 
which is basically any song that came out of Japan. And the reason why anime was my number one was because I watched a show these past couple, uh, season one came out a couple years ago, and then season two dropped this year called Megalobox. And the composer for that series is absolute heat. Like the music for that show was amazing. And I binge listened to his, both the Megalobox season one and Megalobox season two soundtrack this, this year very hard to the point where he was my number one artist and I was in the 0.1% of his <laughs> listeners. So that is why anime is my number one. And most of his songs aren't even like they're one of his songs is sung in Spanish because that was the theme of the, the show sure. was like a, a very Hispanic theme. So like it wasn't even Japanese and a lot of the other ones didn't even have lyrics. So probably sounds bad as I continue to defend myself. No, but, honestly, I, I think I think this is on Spotify. I think I think we need to I need to I, I think we need more more uh, more specific subgenres of anime than just like <laughs> any song in Japan is instantly anime. I think I think that's on Spotify more than anything else. He's got a very the soundtracks were very hip hoppy. Like and so it just being coming up as anime, I was like, oh wow, that's a shock. Not to say that there's <laughs> not other songs I'm listening to outside of that soundtrack, but that soundtrack because I was in point one percent of his listenership right. was why it was my number one genre. Interesting. Well, yeah. that, I mean, that's a I think that's a fair defense. And again, I'm I'm putting more blame on Spotify than anything else. I mean, it's just funny. I mean, I do watch anime. I'm not going to deny that. But it 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 was really funny to me. I was like, I did not expect that to be my number one. And I was like, can I even post this on social media? Like, is this, is it socially acceptable to talk about anime in real life yet? Like, and I was like, you know what? Nah, own it. You gotta own it. Own it, baby. Own it. Megalobox rocks, um, people. You need to watch it. Mine is going to be, how do you feel? This is more of a, like, which one do you prefer? Um, Christmas trees, real or fake? Oh, that is a really good one. Um, I think short term, I, that's kind of spend sitting. Short term, I'll tell you my thoughts and then I'll give you my final answer. Short okay. term, I like the real one. I like the smell of them. Like you literally have the pine tree smell. It just reminds me of Christmas. We always had real trees growing up. Um, but long term, definitely the synthetic kind. You don't have to worry about buying a new one every year. You don't have to worry about watering it and keeping the pine needles from falling off and constantly cleaning up that and getting the pine needles in your feet. We, in the last few years, transitioned away from the real to the synthetic ones, the fake ones, and I haven't even looked back because they come with lights installed on them. So that's one part of the decorating process down. So now you just get to put ornaments on it. And I think that it's just better. I think that's my final answer is the, is the fake trees. Interesting. Interesting is a stupid word, but um, I, I am a a very hardcore real tree defender. And I can respect that. And it like I mean I had a, a house full of dogs like my entire life, and like we always you know figured out a way to make it work, and like it was very difficult uh, to, <laughs> to like maintain and make sure dogs weren't eating like pine cones. Like it was. It was uh, like I totally get that it is significantly easier on everyone to just get the fake one, but I I I can't see myself ever being like, oh yeah, like I'll just buy a big like I I I, I love the real tree so much, and uh, I I I I in my current state, 
at 23 years of age, I don't see myself ever wavering from that. I get it, man. I really do. And I, fun fact, fun little anecdote, rather. Uh, we didn't get a dog until I was 14, and we'd always done live trees. And we were really worried that when he was a puppy, he would pee on it in the house, like lift his leg on that, it. That kills it. Yeah, thinking that well, he could. Kill a tree. <laughs> Did not do it, thankfully. Um, but I'm telling you, like one year, we just decided, like, hey, let's we ha- we we've always had a synthetic tree, we just never used it. We're like, let's just do this this year and see how it goes. And like, we just haven't looked back. And, you know, now I don't I don't live with my parents anymore, but they gave me that old synthetic tree because I got a newer mice one. And you know, I'm poor and I'm only 25, so I use the crappy old one. <laughs> it's still a tree, and like, it's just so much the maintenance level. You realize like how much easier it is to have a uh, synthetic one, but I completely get the merit of having a live one. Like, I'm not going to bash on you for that. We're both celebrating Christmas here. We're both enjoying the good times. Absolutely. No, no. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, not one of those people that like, well, is going to look down on you for, for taking uh for using the fake one. Like it's, it's, uh, it, like I said, it, like I completely acknowledge that it's significantly easier. Um, I just, I, it's just like part of my like Christmas routine now. Like we get into the holiday season, go pick out a tree. Like you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's very. Uh, it's just something like I've, I've something I've always done, and and I think I always will want to do. And hey, man, you know what? I think we got to start disrespecting each other more. We agree, we disagree <laughs> too much. We got to start disrespecting one another more on this podcast. You know what? You're a fraud. Yeah, and you're, you're an not actually in the holiday season. We're using a fake one. Yeah, how can you call yourself a Santa fan if you're putting he's putting presents <laughs> under a fake tree? My voice really cracked there. As you people could probably tell, my voice is very hoarse right now. <laughs> a fake tree. radio voice. Yeah, radio. radio voice. Um, last one I got for you. In the same vein, because it made me think of it. How do you feel about Hallmark Christmas movies? Those really cheesy ones. Yeah, I, I love them. Okay. Interesting. I- no, here's my You're thing. You're an idiot for thinking that. <laughs> here's my thing. I one of my favorite pastimes is just watching horrible movies. That's like one of my like favorite things to do. I would al- almost argue that I get more enjoyment out of like sitting and watching and laughing at like a really cheesy bad movie. Than I do watching like a, oh this is like a critically acclaimed like supposed to be really good like serious movie like I I I find so much and not in like a oh like I'm I'm like I'm swept up in it and I just love the holidays and like like not in that sense just in the in literally in the sense of I think it's funny how like corny and cheesy it is and that brings me amusement so you like them ironically uh I. I like them unironically, but the reason I like them is not for the content that's... It's not because I'm, like, swept up in the, like, oh, I, I love Christmas so much, and I'm, I'm, like, swept up in the holiday season. Like, I'd watch one in May and just be like, haha, this is stupid. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, but I genuinely have a good time doing it. Like, I, like, I, like watching bad movies is one of my favorite things to do. So, for the most part, I agree with that. But it stops at those Hallmark movies because they're so formulaic and they're all the same. Like, oh, new yeah. guy in town, you know, sees a girl <laughs> that catches his eye, but he, she has two kids, and 
the ex-lover is still in the picture, but he sweeps <laughs> her off his her feet. Like it's that's it's all the same. Like bad movies. See, I enjoy movies that aren't intentionally bad, but movies like that that are so low effort and formulaic that are just meant to pull your heartstrings. I just I I sit there and my dad loves them, and that's why I I've seen a lot of them. Is my dad absolutely loves them. Like he just gets the Christmas spirit, and he's like, I love these Hallmark Christmas movies. And so I'm just sitting here and I'm watching them with him. And I'm like, how can you put yourself through this? Like, I'm physically cringing because nobody ever says this shit. See, but like, that's why that's like the part where I laugh and go, this is amazing. Because like, it is the most scripted, not real, like corniest thing you'll ever see ever. And I, I get immense amusement out of like, especially like, I don't know, like, like, Parts of the holidays can be really stressful, and that's just like uh, like buying gifts, and you realize how much you've spent. Right, I just did and, that and, today. And just sitting up and, and watching a, a horrible movie, and just like a lighthearted on in the background, you can just laugh at how stupid it is. I don't know. Not not anything to do with 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 like oh I you know I I, I love it so much. It's just purely I I enjoy bad movies. Fair enough, Scotty. Fair enough. You got another one for me. Uh, the only other one I have is your preference of mac and cheese. Okay. Is, would you, now, I, I want to make sure I'm clear here. Yes. The quality of mac and cheese, anything that goes in the oven is better than like you boil it on a stove top, like, you know, like craft or whatever, right? No, no, no. Here we go. That, that's what I'm about to ask. That's what I'm about to ask. Which one do you prefer, though? Okay, so that's a really tough one to answer because I've had amazing bat mac and cheeses from both the oven and the stovetop. Not, not talking about box mac and cheese, but like different renditions of homemade mac and cheese from different. Sure. My dad's homemade mac and cheese, he always made on the stovetop top with a pot. And like he never used precise measurements. I don't know how he managed to do this, but like. He made amazing creamy mac and cheese on the, the stovetop that like made me gain 20 pounds as like a 10 year old. Cause I had no, <laughs> I had no concept of like stopping when like, I didn't realize that food equaled gaining weight when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> so, like I'd go back for like fifth helpings of this mac and cheese. It was so good. But then my grandma started like, she has this mac and cheese she bakes in the oven and like, it was, it is really good. But like it, it was a more bold flavor because it was like actual cheddar Sure. That was baked on top. And now I have this air fryer mac and cheese that came with the ninja and has a recipe. The two air fryers save lives, man. I, I, this probably isn't the answer you're looking for, but like honestly, any of them can be good if they're done in the right way. All three of those mac and cheeses I, slap. I, hey, I'm, you're not going to hear a rebuttal. I, mac and cheese is like my favorite meal. So like I, I totally get it. I had KFC tonight and I got one of the $10 boxes and you can pick three sides. And I got two yeah. sides of mac and cheese. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I do the same thing. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, any final thoughts? Oh. You want to announce our winner? We got to announce our winner. I almost forgot to announce the winner of the giveaway. <laughs> I, I have it right here. So yeah, I, let's do I, it. Okay. The winner of the Lucas Raymond signed puck is... Steven Santaro. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Steven Santaro. Your Twitter ad is at UPSantaro97. You are the winner. Uh, have a cool little video of you uh, skating on, a, on an ice pond. 
pretty on your, uh, on your on your Twitter profile. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. So you are the winner. You reach out to us all three: myself, Brian, and Locked On Red Wings. All of our DMs are open, um, and uh, you are a winner. So reach out to us, and we will hook you up with your. It is yours. Your Lucas Raymond signed puck with authentic authentication. Yeah. The authenticity, authentic authentication, certificate, certificate of authenticity, authentication. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, I made you in communication. Yes, <laughs> I'm very good. There at you it. go. <laughs> uh, so, so Stephen Santaro, congratulations, you are the winner, man, sir. Congratulations, thank and thank you to everyone who entered in the contest. Really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. This isn't the last time we're ever going to do a contest, so make sure you guys uh, a giveaway. That is, make sure you guys stay tuned. And you know, it won't be like every week, but you know, every so often we'll we'll get you something. Yeah, we're definitely far from our last one. We be- will have uh, plenty of opportunities. Because well, it's also just nice to give back to the listeners because you guys have been so great. I mean, I've only been here. I've only been hosting for a month, but I've been part of this podcast crew for almost a year now, maybe a little under. I think it was early last year I joined or early this year I joined. So, I mean, you guys have been here every single day, hundreds of you and like hundreds to thousands of you, depending on how good the Red Wings are playing that day. I mean, you guys have been (laughs) awesome. So make like, just keep listening. We're going to do more giveaways to give back to you guys as time goes on. So thank you. Absolutely, baby. Uh, and thank you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll be back with you on Monday with a weekend recap of all the news and scores for the Red Wings. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.